on the line with us is Leo Papil from the Boston Amateur Basketball Club. It was established in 1977. A lot of fun names have come out of that. We talk with uh, head coach Leo Papil right now. Leo, how you doing this morning? Pretty well, thank you. Yes, yeah, actually, uh, sobering uh, season 41 for us. You know, uh, so you, you go back to 77. That uh, seems like yesterday, but uh, you know, the years the years march on. You know, time is a thief, but we're still here. How uh, how did this whole thing start, Leo? Back in 77. 77. Um, I, I kind of got it going, and I was 23 at the time, and coaching. Just got hired to coach in pro basketball, and in, 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 it was the Eastern League, which later became the CBA. As a head coach and GM at 23, I played a lot of ball. Uh, uh, back then, toward ligaments, pretty much a career end. I was kind of curious as to how um, our kids in Boston would fare on a national basis. So in March of that year, uh, we had, it was uh, it was a precursor of our pro team. We had it would be like an adult travel team made up of a lot of ex-college players called the O'Brien Club. We played all over New England and, you know, loosely semi-pro tournaments. You know, these guys were all out of college. I was on the team, and I got hurt. I became the coach, and uh, we we were playing the, in the national men's AAU, which is a big deal. You know, it was adult marathon oil, the, the uh, U.S. Army uh, select team, Armed Forces All Stars. You know, Phillips uh, Phillips sixty sixers. They had a lot of big big companies that sponsored got sponsored teams for post college players. You know, but don't forget the NBA at that time was only probably twelve teams, and the ABA had uh, had had folded. So. It was pretty much, you know, pro, semi-pro basketball, guys that wanted to hang on and still be in pro basketball. In, the terms, of, in, in, in terms of that trip, when we got down there, one of the officials from the AU men's tournament said, hey, you know, we're starting a junior program. We just started it. We got a national event down here in, the fall, in, 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 uh, in July. We'd love to have a New England representative. So I thought about it, went back home, and, and you, know, you know, knew most of the kids. I wasn't much older than most of our players. Uh, knew most of the guys from playing, you know, in, in the playgrounds, which which was still prevalent back then from the Boston area. So we put a team together, you know, that May, and we started practicing and playing, uh, you know, playing friendly games up in up in Boston. And we went down to uh, to Boca Raton, Palm Beach Community College, and we ended up all the way to the championship game. Uh, uh, we played a guy named Irvin Magic Johnson's team, Team Michigan, in the finals. And one of our guys was David Blatt, who later became the coach of the Cavaliers, uh, played at, played at Princeton. So. That was our first year. A lot of Danny Ainge was uh, well, worked with for years with Boston. Was a player in that tournament, playing for a team out of, out of uh, state of Washington. He was an Oregon high school kid. So that that, that was the uh, '77 version of BABC. It was all graduating seniors. Uh, all all eight or nine of our guys were graduating seniors. Six of them actually got drafted in the NBA draft four years later in '81. Uh, of course, the draft was more rounds than it went, went seven rounds. But uh, yeah, that's how it got going, you know, and, and it's morphed into you know what it is today, which is uh, you know, we have three teams currently: a freshman, a sophomore, and a junior. We don't play seniors anymore. Seniors pretty much finish up prior to the senior year of high school with us, and and, and then. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, like I said, here it is uh, in, in 2018. It's amazing. It's a great story, and uh, it, there's some great names uh, that have come out of that. You know, when you go to the alumni page, you know. You see a bunch of names, Nerlens Noel, Michael Carter-Williams, Phil Pressy. you know, those are names that, yeah. that folks know. And, oh, Patrick yeah. Ewing, I think some folks might know uh, know him sure. and things of that nature. And they're from all over the state. And you got a lot of kids committed to, to playing at different colleges. And, uh, you know, one thing that I was reading about here, of course, I was uh, reading about the, the BABC Select Tour. Of course, that's coming to St. Joseph's College on Saturday uh, 
taking on the MBR All-Stars starting at noon. And uh, I, I saw a feature in here about uh, Bryson Goodine, uh, who's going to be, uh, he's a, a Syracuse commit. And when I saw that he was a Syracuse commit, it, it reminded me yesterday the story I saw about uh, about the kid Darius Basley, who's uh, going to go to the G League instead of going to Syracuse. I, I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Let's first yeah, start. Let's let, be a let's, friend to the future. Yeah, Basley's actually yeah. a kid that grew up in Brockton, which is kind of in our jurisdiction. But he he moved out of Brockton. I say a sophomore. He got a family moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. And, 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 he, and, he, and he played his high school career there. Yeah, Bryson won't, won't be at Syracuse until September 2019. He, he's still an 11th grader, but he did make that verbal commitment to them uh, last September, you know, which is early. That's what the family uh, felt was best. You know, he's a really good academic kid. He's an Ivy League, and he's a 4.0 kid. So, one of the Syracuse uh, academic programs had really that was a real significant interest for him. And uh, like I said, he'll have another year of high school at the St. Andrews School. He's from New Bedford, Massachusetts. His dad actually played for us. Ironically, we came up and did this in 97 with Tom before he had MBR. I think it might have been Maine Select, he and Kyle Parker. And one of our seniors then was his father, John DePina, who played at UMass. He was in our class in 97 and in the UMass class in 2001. And Johnny was on that last trip we made up to Maine to play in this, in this similar type game in '97. And Bryson's going to be a good one. He's a great kid. I was talking to my daughter. Um, I'm, I'm still en route to Boston. I was up there two weeks ago for our training camp, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll be getting up there tonight and, and you know for the games tomorrow for my winter home. But uh, but but the um, the thing with uh, Bryson is he's a he's a tremendous kid. And last night our eighth graders practice. And he came all the way up from St. Andrews, you know, an hour away in Barrington, Rhode Island, to practice to help my daughter with the eighth graders. And he was participating. And that's a, that's a big deal for an eighth grade kid to see a guy that's going to Syracuse who has a bright future in basketball. But that's just a credit to who he is and who his family is to have those type of values where you see a lot of, a lot of times kids, I think, today get, get too much and they get misguided and they get given too much. He's a guy that understands that giving and giving back is more important than receiving. Talk with Leo Papil, and we are talking about the BABC Select Tour. That is coming to St. Joseph's College tomorrow, uh, the Boston Amateur Basketball Club, talking about that now. Do you have a top five or ten all-time alum of the BABC for you personally? It doesn't have to be how people turned out, but I don't know, maybe a top five or ten that you could put together. I I feel like that would take a little bit with all the alum you've had. Yeah, you know, we've had... 21 in the NBA, I think, total, but you're right. It wouldn't necessarily be those guys being our top 21 in terms of impact and what they did at the time they were with us. Uh, we, we had a guy we lost to a, a tragedy in 95, Jamal Jackson. It was the class of 93. He was a sophomore uh, at Cleveland State. He, he was murdered. Uh, some people remember him. He would, he would have gone on to be an NBA All-Star, in our opinion, Uh he probably tops, tops the list. And then we had guys, uh, Camilo Traviezo, who was a big part of the UMass uh, 96 Final Four team back in that era, was a terrific player. Dewan Chandler, back in our early days in the 70s, was a three-time parade All-American before you had the McDonald's, which was virtually unheard of. And he actually had a main connection because he played his, his, his junior and senior up in Pittsfield Maine, at Maine Central Institute, that at one time was the premier prep program in all of New England. You know, so... Uh, you know, those three guys come to mind by decades of 70s, and I think I think in the 80s, uh, we can look at Rick Brunson, whose son uh, 
Rick was actually class of 90, so the tail end of the 80s. Rick Brunson, uh, his, his son's the point guard of Villanova, Jalen Brunson. He was a good player for us in that area, and he did he, he did have a significant NBA career as a journeyman backup point guard, played nine years. You know, the list, you know, recently uh, in, in this era, we had, we had some uh, we had three really good guys playing in college this year, high profile guys, Bonzi Colson, who in some publications was a preseason player of the year at Notre Dame, but unfortunately broke his foot early in the ACC season and came back in the NIT and rebroke it. Uh, Bruce Brown of Miami, uh, who's a kid that uh, was an All-ACC first-team preseason, he also broke his foot, ironically, a sophomore. Terrence Mann of Florida State was captain this year. You saw him last week lead that team right to the Final Eight and did a raise to the Final Four playing Michigan to the wire. So they have three high-profile kids playing in the NCAA stuff right now. Uh, you know, so, you know, like I said, we have 26 uh, kids. we got a couple of football guys playing D1. Uh, one guy, if you follow Clemson football, and he wears number 42, but he's a defensive end. And, he, you know, he's been in three national championship games in a row at Alabama. He's coming back for a senior. A lot of people thought he was going to go to the NFL draft, Christian Wilkins. But he projects as a top 10 pick in the NFL draft next year. He's a 6'6", 330-pound defensive end. A really mobile guy for uh, for a guy that's uh, 330 pounds. So, you know, we, we, we've had him, you know, made, you know, big-time football, the NFL, the NBA, and, you know, guys that, we kind of like to say we, we rank teams, not players, because it, it gets a little dicey trying to, you know, trying to say, okay, this guy was better than that. We kind of like, okay, how far did this team go? We won 22 national championships, so each of those teams had a ingredient of teamwork and chemistry that worked for us. And I, I think it's easier for us to make recollections on teams rather than individuals. Let's, uh, you know, you. Um... You talked about Bryson. I know you got quite a few other top prospects on your squads as well. Uh, who are some of the players we can expect to see on Saturday uh, uh, that might stand out? Yeah, uh, the, the, the junior group is a group that had some success last year. Uh, Brittany coached them. They won the uh, they they won the uh, probably significant summer event in, 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 at down there in Orlando and Disney, the tenth grade AU Super Showcase. They actually won national TV in the championship game versus a very good team, Bull Williams out of Virginia. That team, they'll start uh, two big guys, but they're really not that big. They're six six plus. Uh, Mitch Doherty, uh, who's uh, at Worcester Academy, he's in the fourth year in the program. And Darian Jordan Thomas, who's a, who's a Boston kid, who's at uh, at Proctor Academy in New Hampshire, both about six 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 and a half. They're both four year guys. And again, they're not the type of guys that are going to wow you with you know, pre-game antics and hitting the head in the seal and all stuff, but they're really good, sound, fundamental basketball players. Doherty's a very, very good passer. can really, really think. He and Thomas really have a special chemistry, at, 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 you know, at the, at the two. They're both, like, versatile full men. They can play in or out. And then uh, Bryson's the point guard. We talked about him on one wing is is um, uh, uh, Murphy, uh, who's a, about a 6'5", kid, Kyle Murphy. He's from Western Mass, uh, the town of Western, right outside Boston. He goes to Cushing. And at the two guys, you know, we, we kind of do it by committee. Uh, uh, both Ben Eke and, 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 and uh, Damon Perry, uh, very good guys on our full-court pressure defense. They split time at the two. Michael Daring, another Boston kid who's up at Proctor, who, uh, who, who can really knock the ball down. We, we kind of we rotate the three of them at the two spot. And then uh, we got a couple of sophomores playing up on the varsity. Matty Cross is a six-seven kid from Lynn, Massachusetts. He, he's a two-sport guy. He's a two-sport major. He's also a tight end. Uh, he's up at Cushing. He, uh, he he's he's right in that sophomore uh, junior rotation as a sophomore. 
And one other point guard, Quest Harris, is a sophomore from Lowell. He plays at Worcester Academy. You know, most of our kids are greater Boston-based as far as their home, but on that on that junior roster, only one of them is in an MIA school, which we call the MPS, you know, the public school, Catholic school system. All the other ones are in the NEPSAC, private school, boarding school system. So, uh, you know, um, that, that's a... Uh, it's a very difficult league. I, you know, you got Gould Academy up there plays in the Double A, and you got Princeton Academy up there that plays in the Triple A. So the, the basketball people they are well aware of the, of the competitiveness of that league, and maybe the the, the best scholastic league in the country. A, a lot of people seem to think that NEPSAC, Double A, and Triple A. So that's where most of our players go to school. Yet they reside in, in Boston. Most of them start in public schools when they start with us, and the families, you know, decide to make that move into private school. Sometime in you know whether it's ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, sometime in, in, in their high school careers. Yeah, let's talk a little bit. You know, you mentioned some of the schools up here in Maine. You've got quite a long relationship with Maine. You know, going all the way back to your Maine Lumberjacks days. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe some Maine memories. Uh, uh, oh, tremendous Maine memories for me. Uh, you know, I was always intrigued by the fact that I, I was as a young boy, I would follow the Celtics and. Uh, they would go, there was no limit on NBA exhibi- exhibitions there. They didn't have the players association. Then Brad Albeck would take them on these barnstorming. They'd, they'd go to Maine. I've talked to Jerry West about it. Play the Lakers like eight nights in a row. And they'd go to like Millinocket. They'd go, they'd go to Caribou. They'd play in different high school gyms uh, uh, in September of every year. Sometimes they'd play eight, 10, 12 games up there if you check the old record books. They, they, these were NBA exhibitions. Now, of course, the NBA back then had eight or nine teams. So a team, they would just team up and they would split the gate and, and, and players would walk around with 50 bucks or what have you in their pockets and and, 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 and and be happy. You know, it was just different terms. And then I had a guy who was kind of adopted by my family uh, uh, growing up in Boston named John Kilway who coached at Old Town. And he brought him down to the New England tournament. The New England tournament ceased really in 1964 in Boston. But uh, up until then, they took the state champions from the six states and, and had a had a playoff in Boston for two weekends every year. I was a little blessed to go to that. And, and John Kelly was, was was someone who he's passed away, but he had a distinguished NBA career. But he became became a legendary coach out of Old Town, Maine, and he ran a camp down here in the summer with uh, Sam Jones. And because he was like a basically step, my father had ten brothers, but he was like a stepbrother. I always went to his camp, and he would bring the kids down from Maine. And this was in the '60s. And, you know, it was, uh, so Maine basketball is always like Indiana to me. It was very, very high, uh, very, very good quality of high school coaching. And then uh, and when I was, you know, doing it for a career, I got hired in 81, 82, 83 up in Maine, Lumberjacks, and the CBA, which is sort of like today's G League, D League, where you have the Red Claws today. It was the NBA mile league, and not, not, not so much in an official way, but it was the second best league in the world. It was like AAA baseball. So I was up in Bangalore. We played in the Bangalore Auditorium, you know, uh, for a couple of years, and I was the head coach of that team and, and, and back in my 20s. That was 81, 82, 83. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I, and then, you know, various AAU teams we went up and played over the years in tournaments and things like that. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our kids used to go to the camp at St. Joseph's when when, when, uh, when Rick was there, you know, when he coached St. Joseph's all his years. Summer camp, a lot of our kids would go up to the camp. So, you know, Maine always had a, a place for us in the uh, of course, we've known Tom, Tom Nolet and Kyle Parker and those guys for years. They they had travel teams for a lot of years uh, in the past and would come down and play in all our events, you know, uh, MBR Select and, 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 and Main Select and teams like that. So, you know, uh, it, it's always been uh, a, 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 a something that we, we wanted to do. And we did this Select Tour in Massachusetts back in 2014. 
each of those regions and talked to Tom in February and said, Tom, we'd like to maybe expand this on, on this weekend. We have an open day. Can you get something going up in Maine? So here we are, you know, uh, renewing our, uh, our, uh, our, uh, friendship with the Maine basketball community. That's uh, that's fantastic. We're excited to uh, to be a part of it. Now, you, I, off-season basketball has grown a lot over the last three decades throughout New England. I see events all over the place. I see photos from all over the place, different tournaments. Yep. You know, how do you view Maine High School and amateur basketball? And what advice would you give to young players and parents from Maine who want to play at the collegiate level? Well, the big thing today is let it, let it come to you. Don't don't, don't chase it. There's too many people. That, that there's a lot of hustlers in amateur basketball, and they're always, unfortunately, the hustlers grab the headlines, and like any other any other industry, the bad ones seem to get the notoriety, and it's one-tenth of one percent. So that what I would advise is staying involved with good role models, both for, for your school system and your club program. You know, you don't have to get it all today where some guy says, you know, we're going to go to Oklahoma and play, and we're going to go to, you know, uh, Tallahassee and play, and, and your son's going to be up in bright lights. Take it, take it, understand it's a team sport, first of all. One of the things that always hurt me is rankings. You'll never see anything from us about any of our players being ranked. We, we have a model, we rank teams, not players. Because, frankly, if you look at it in reality, rankings in basketball are worthless. If you're a tennis player or a golfer or a boxer or a wrestler, you know, rankings are relative because that, that, that determines your seating and sometimes your professional your income. But if you're an amateur player and you decide to be the number one eighth grader in Massachusetts or Maine, that's short-sighted. What you really need to do is understand the basics and principles of the game and learn them properly and learn them locally. And if it's meant to be that you ought to play beyond your region, you know, someone credible will at some point knock on your door and say, look, it's fun. You know, I think we have an opportunity for you to play in our program. But the problem is today is that there's too many hustlers making promises, and that they that they're really invalid promises, and almost like dreamers and a vulnerable market of parents to say, okay, we just talked to this guy, and he said he's going to make little Johnny into a pro, and you know, unfortunately, pros are almost almost burned. You know, I mean, you're only talking about 400 plus jobs. So, and then in the NCAA, there's 351 teams times 13 scholarships, so it's not for everyone. But there's Division Two basketball, Division Three basketball, junior college basketball, NAIA basketball. But to get to that point, you've got to be an elite high school player to play at any of those levels. And to do that, you really have to understand how to play. So the big thing is to be grounded and be in a good local support system, both in your school system and, and, and your club situation. And don't try to outgrow it too fast to say, oh, i got to get him ranked, or i, I got to get him down to Boston to play, or i got to bring him to New York. Become good, become good at your trade before you start advertising it. It would, would be my advice. Longtime executive, I know you worked with the Celtics for years, worked a little bit with the Clippers in, in 2015. Yep. Um, I am just stunned and amazed at the at the work the Celtics team has done this year. Just beat up, constantly losing guys, and then they go out and go 4-0 and out on the Utah road trip for the first time in 2009. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I feel like New England should be really excited about this team currently and for the future. Well, there are like, you know, five key guys down to, to go in at Utah. Uh, I actually still do some consultant with the Clippers. I saw Utah really just beat Boston handily back in December in Boston when Boston had everybody except Hayward, of course. And then to go out there with, you know, seemingly a JV team and go wire to wire and, and get a victory like that, that that's 
speaks volumes to their character and mental toughness. Because you know they're, they're, they're you know, obviously they're in the playoffs. You know the two seeds pretty much locked in unless there's a disaster. But to have that presence of mind and desire to want to win a game like that, I, I think you speak volumes. So you know you, you can't make any substitute you know for desire. In my opinion, this game is primarily about uh, about two things, and, and that is um, effort and execution. You know all the stuff about talent, alleged talent. That that you know, 16 years with Boston, four years with the Clippers, years in the minor leagues. That never really rang my bell. The two things that I always concern with a player is his effort, and his execution, and in these two areas, this team deserves an A plus. Because you know Irving's down the other night, Horford's down the other night, Morris is down the other night, and and you got your season-ending injuries with Smart and, and Haywood and and Thice. and and you know so this six may be your first eight, and you go on the road winning, you go and you get guys in the rotation that played played minutes for the Red Claws this year, and they go on the road and be the playoff contender. That's two reasons: effort and execution. There's there's not no other getting around it, and that's a refreshing story today in all of sports to see that be. The BABC Select Tour comes to Maine tomorrow. Games live at video stream. There'll be video features and more. Uh, admissions $5. Uh, St. Joseph's College tomorrow. Uh, the BABC Rising Junior Seniors against the NBR High School All-Stars of 2018. And the BABC Rising Sophomores Juniors against the High School Stars of 2019-2020. Uh, we have more information about that online at mbr.org. The games will be live streamed at facebook.com, uh, just like MBR Maine on Facebook. And, of course, uh, you can follow all the action. Get over there tomorrow at St. Joseph's College. Leo, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Yeah, you guys do a great job, and we, and we look forward to getting up there. All right. Thank you very much. See you soon, Leo. Thank you. Thank you. That was Leo Papil from the Boston Amateur Basketball Club. Tomorrow, the BABC Selector at St. Joseph's College in Maine, taking on the NBR High School All-Stars.